if, if you're new here, welcome. This is a lot of fun. Um, it is good that we have church a little bit messy, a little bit fun. I'm Jesus, I'm one of the elders here. And uh, what I'm going to do in two little parts is I'm just going to preach. I'm going to talk about um, Jesus, which is always a good start, um, which is really, really helpful. But um, we're just going to enjoy and see what God does through that. But I don't know about you. Who, has, who watched the Platinum Party celebration on the TV yesterday? It's pretty good, wasn't it? Yeah? Pretty good. Um, I don't know about you, but I so enjoyed watching the celebrations this week, mm. the last few days. It's been amazing to see and hear about our Queen. Now, whether you're a royalist or you're not, what your opinion is of the royal family, I'll tell you one thing that we can't take away from Queen Elizabeth is the role model that she is. Yeah. The stature that she carries herself with. How she approaches people. I love it. There were interviews and so many of them basically said, she would take time to speak to me. She wouldn't look, you know the classic awkward thing when you're in a social gathering and you, you look at someone but there's something happening over there and so you look over and you're not really engaged in the conversation. How many interviews came out that the Queen would never do that? The Queen. Yeah. All the time would just take time speaking to one person yeah. and investing time into that. Tell you what, whatever your opinion is of being a royalist or not, that is a very, very impressive woman. But more so, I, th I tell you something else that I've just been, as preparing this, diving into a little bit and really enjoying, is her faith. Yeah. Yeah. It's her, her faith, how she carries herself. What you can see here, I'm trying to translate this into Russian, apologies, uh, are Ukrainian refugees, if, if this is wrong, but I've tried my best here. But as you can read, this is the, the Queen's speech at Christmas that she gave in 2016. You might recognise some of the quote that she basically says up there. But I think this is incredible. Like these words coming from kind of anyone would be really impressive, but these words coming from someone who is a royal head of state, someone who's in that position, they're not just words of tradition, they're words that carry power. I am one of them, believing in Christ, because Christ's example helps me see the value of doing small things with great love, where it does them in whatever they themselves believe. That's some impressive words. Yeah. Now this was my question really as I was just kind of preparing for today. Truthfully, how much of this is tradition and how much of this is genuine? Like in, in, kind of in, in our country, in England, the schools are taught Christianity. It's kind of baked in. It, it, to be honest with you, it's slightly changed from being kind of Christianity taught in a, in a loving kind of way and, and teaching about it. It's more about good ethics, really. Like, that's what school's going to teach. Oh, it's good not to kill people. Well, I'm glad that we recognise that it's good not to kill people. Wonderful ethics that is there. But that's what Christianity is taught in schools. And therefore, this amazing woman, does she carry herself as very traditional? And therefore, we need to say Christian stuff for the sake of saying Christian stuff. Or is she saying this because she believes it? I believe she believes it. Yeah. And actually what I want to do, just from looking at a passage, really, I, I just want to kind of carry that across. Um, I'll give you another quote. We're going to have a look at a few of these kind of Queen speeches and these quotes that she made. Let me read this one out. The gift I would most value next year is that reconciliation should be found wherever it is needed. A reconciliation which would bring peace and security to families and neighbours at present suffering and torn apart. Remember that good spreads outwards and every little does help. 
Mighty things were small beginnings grew, grow, as indeed they grew from the small child of Bethlehem. Man, what a quote. Write that down in your journal. Phenomenal, isn't it? And so I want to look at just a passage of the Bible and unpack it just a little bit today, just, just a small iota of it today. And by hopefully painting out across a picture, we might be able to understand why the Queen would take Christ so seriously. Why, why, should, was she, why should she, in the position that she is, in the stature that she has to carry, why would she believe in Jesus? That's my aim. That's my heart. In my two parts I'm preaching today. The passage we're looking at is 1 Peter 2, verses 4 to 10. So if you've got a physical Bible, please turn to it. Um, I've tried to, again, reference it as well. The words are clearly on the screen, but if you do like physically uh, looking, or if you're a journaler, then at least there you go. Let me read it out, bit by bit. We're going to kind of take it bite by bite throughout today. 1 Peter 2, verse 4 to 5 to begin with. As you come to him, this is Jesus, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Let's start there. A living stone rejected by men. The Queen said it perfectly, really, in, in her speech in 2016. So they, in, in, actually in 1976, little beginnings started in Bethlehem. No one thought anything was going to come out of there. No one thought anything good was going to come out of Nazareth. No one thought that. So you have this living stone rejected by men. Everyone looked at this stone and was like, I'm alright, I'm okay. I'm definitely not a builder, but I'm pretty sure that if you were looking at a whole bunch of rubble and figuring out what you're going to put, like especially back in the day, you're going to build something upon. It has to be the right shape, the right look, the right style. Everyone rejected. Everyone rejected this living stone. Christ, the one that people followed when it was popular to follow, but when it was hard, would walk away. The cancelled king. The shameful saviour, that's, that's what was put upon Jesus, rejected by man. Completely rejected. That's what who Jesus is. However, Jesus was God's chosen one. Fully God, fully man. God's chosen one and precious. I think that word is really important. Jesus was precious to God. Precious. It's a bit of a picture when you see Jesus bloody on the cross. When Jesus is precious. Kids, you are precious to your parents. You are precious to your parents. More so, kids and adults, you are precious to God. More precious to God. Something remarkable about that. But that's, that's how it works. You are precious. Why? Because Jesus was precious to God. Jesus was precious to him. So precious that by us being adopted in sonship for him, we then get to be built on him. Into a holy temple. Holy temple implying that the Holy Spirit living in us. I am no longer ever separated from good, but from God. I am with God forever. It's not like I have to walk to church and meet with him here. No, God lives in me. He lives in me. 
His identity he's given to me. This wonderful building with Lego now sprawled across the front of this building. This is a wonderful place for community, but it's no longer the holy temple of God's. I don't come to church on a Sunday to be like, okay, now I'm going to experience God. I can like, you know, come, Jesus, let's go in. That's not how it works. There's no handshake, there's no sign, there's no symbol, there's no ritual that I have to do to meet with God. I can meet with God here in the same way as I can meet with him in my bedroom. And I can meet with him on the train. I can meet with him on the bus. I can meet with him on the plane. I can meet with him down the street, down an alley. It doesn't matter. Why? Because the living temple is no longer a building. The living temple is me. The living temple is not just the palace where the queen is. The living temple is the queen. She lives for Christ. She believes in Christ. And therefore she gets to meet with Christ. The crown on her head doesn't allow her the way in. Jesus was the one who gave her that. That's the difference. That's the difference here. If Jesus, then everything. If not Jesus, then nothing. It's not a scale of relationship. It's not great to kind of figure out, oh, well, sometimes Jesus is happy with me, sometimes he's not. No, it's black or white. You're either in Jesus or you're not. That's, that's how it is. Full stop. That's how it is. As the queen carries the identity of being the queen daily, we get to carry the identity of being sons and daughters of the high king. Mm. That's how it works. Yeah. You don't suddenly start like, well, today I didn't wake up and go, yeah, I'm not my parents' child, actually. That's only on a Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. But that's not, that's not how it works. No, I wake up today, I'm still my mum and dad's child. Guess what? You wake up today, you're still our heavenly father's child. That's how it works. That's how it works. If Christ is the foundational cornerstone, the measurement of everything, then everything else is built and rooted and grounded upon it. Everything is built and rooted and grounded upon it. We are grounded and founded in Christ, and now we've been called to become like him and share about it. I don't know about you, but that news I've shared right now should make us the happiest and most joyful people in the world. In fact, what you see at the mall yesterday should be just an iota of what every day should be like for us. It might not be with the same energy. I get that. For me, it might be. But it might not be the same energy every single day, but it's with the same intent and jubilation every single day. Beloved family, you belong to the High King. Let me say that again, because I don't think you've heard this. Beloved family, you belong to the High King. Amen. You belong to Christ. You belong. You're sons and daughters of the High King. You are no longer orphans. You're no longer sinners. When you choose Jesus, you become everything with him. Hallelujah. Then do we live every day like him? Do, Do we talk like him? Do we speak like it? Do we live like it? The queen carries stature because she understands she's the queen. That's what she does. But it's not the fact that the, the works makes that happen, but the identity built in pours out the works. That's how it works. That's how Paul and James match it together. That's how grace and work works. 
That's how it works. By grace of God, I'm redeemed, and therefore, from the bottom of my heart, my identity that's put in me, all the things come out. I don't read the Bible because I have to, because it redeems me. Nah. Not I read the Bible. Why? Because Christ loves me. And as Christ loves me, I want to get to know him so I can learn how to love him more. And therefore, I open the Bible and read it. If you're coming to church for the sake of coming to church, because it adds to your salvation, then I love you with all my heart, but it's the wrong idea of coming to church. We come to church, why? Because we want to meet as a corporate family, together as a body, as the bride of Christ, to celebrate and jubilate and have a great time enjoying who our God is. But this doesn't add to my faith. Yeah, I can understand more about my faith, but Christ doesn't look at me and count. Like, he doesn't in heaven have a tally of how many times I've attended church and gone, oh yeah, yes or no, that, that really works for me. That's not how it works. Christ loves me, full stop. Yes, he loves my obedience, but that doesn't add to how much more he loves me. That's how it works. It's similar to these castles. Now, obviously, I, I dropped that one. But the reality is, it's the foundation that you have that stabilizes it. It's the foundation first. Just felt my question, really. How's your foundation? How's your foundation? If you're building your life, even if you're saying you're Christian, sometimes I think that we can add things into our foundation. We kind of go with Jesus plus nothing type thing. How's your foundation? Because every foundation will rock. Exhibit A. It, it, we go through life, hey, we go through things and it rocks. And sometimes the castle wall falls. But the point of it is not how big the castle is. The point of it is how strong the foundation is. That's the difference. Lovingly, where are you at? It starts when we make the decision that Christ is significant in our lives. It's not just sauntering through life casually, nor is having a rigidly strict and no fun, ritualistic type thinking. But it's a great, joyful relationship with God every day that we get to love him every day more and more. Because as Christ died for me, so I want to live for him. That's how it works. Or, probably in a better way of saying it, in the Queen, uh, Queen speech, 1981, she said this. Christ not only revealed to us the truth in his teachings, he lived by what he believed and gave us the strength to do the same. And finally, on the cross, he showed the supreme example of physical and moral courage. Maybe that's a, a different way of saying exactly what I'm trying to get across. Christ revealed his truth through his teachings, but it wasn't just his teachings that did it, it was his actions that proved it. Christ was congruent with what he said and how he lived and how he died and how he rose again. Yeah. So here's the question, how strong is our foundation? Because if I want to live a congruent life for Christ, I need to have the same foundation as Christ. There's only one to do that. It's Christ. I think it's, it's important we recognise the celebration of not just our Queen, but our King. Really, in that way. Right, before we continue, uh, kids, uh, oh, okay. kids, at the back, if you want, there is a little box uh, of crown making stuff. So if you want to go to the back and just do a bit of art and craft as well, whilst I preach and listen, if you go to the back, Yarni, wave your hands. 
Yay! Uh, if you go to the back, get some stuff, get some crown making stuff, you can make yourself a little crown as a bit of a memento from today. Uh, you don't have to, but it's up to you if you want to. Cool, right, that's there, so you can do it. Church, let's continue. Um, oh, it's already there, I was going to chuck out some sweets. We'll do it anyway. Chuck sweets. Cool. What passage are we looking at today? First down up. Peter. Just Peter? Peter's about it, is it? 1 Peter 2, yeah, go on, do yeah, Very good, that one's on. Very good. That's cheap sweets right there. Uh, what verses? Hands up. Let's see, go on, Isaac. Oh, well done, there we go. Look at that. Truthfully, I've, I've got about seven sweets I just don't want to take on. So, uh, in, in a bit, I'll be lobbing them like this, so we'll just see what happens. Okay, we're going to continue. So, we're going to look at 9 to 10. Let me read them out in this way. It says this But you, so this is from before. Yeah, so from before, living stone, holy temple, that's where we're at. It says, but you are chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvellous light. Once you, were not a, once, once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. What? What verses are these? These are big. Look at these titles. Look at these titles. Chosen race. Belonging to Christ as part of his cultural lineage. Race, one family line. There's no racism in heaven. There's one race. There's no racism. We're all one race belonging to him. Chosen by God. Not separated. Same race, same nation. A holy nation. Holy. Set apart. Not only just set apart in general. Set apart for Christ. A nation belonging to him. Ephesians says, um, Ephesians 2, at the end of it. One tribe, one tongue. Bowing the knee to declare Jesus Lord. Holy nation. Hey, we've just done our origin series. Remember what the courtroom of heaven was looking like. So what it's talking about here. Holy nation. Yeah. Own possession. Remember I talked about being precious. You are God's possession. You're precious. It kind of comes from Deuteronomy 7, 6 to 8. No way, I don't think I've got that. No, I haven't. But it says that you are God's chosen, treasured possession. Why? Because God loves you. He loves you because he loves you. Because he loves you. Because he loves you. Yeah. Own possession. You belong to God. Yeah. Here's a banner. Receivers of mercy. Yeah. Receivers of mercy. You haven't earned it. You don't deserve it, but you've received the mercy from the High King. Yeah, you. You've received it. Mercy means that you were destined for damnation, for punishment, and yet God, gracious and merciful, said, No, no, I'm taking that on my shoulders so you could be free. Yeah. That's what the legal entity of mercy means. It means you have been completely justified. You have been pardoned from the punishment that you were deserving and now God has poured out mercy yeah. on you. Yeah, That's what that means. Receivers 
of mercy. Love this one. Now you are God's people. Put that on a business card. Hi, my name is G. Manitala. I am God's child. I belong to God. Yeah, it doesn't matter what else I do, I'm pretty sure that's a better title than I could make up in anything. I might be Judah's dad, but first and fundamentally, I am God's son. That's what that means. You are now God's people. Royal priesthood. What? That's the one for me when I read this. I was like, that sticks out like a sore thumb. All these others I can fully understand. Chosen chosen race, holy nation, the seas of mercy. Yeah, yeah, wonderful. Big up. Royal priesthood? A royal priesthood? What on earth does that mean? What does that really entail? Well, let's pause, let's pause there. Priesthood, I can kind of get. Priesthood in this time, kind of treated in the lineage from what we get in Leviticus, kind of from that, in the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, the priesthood were considered as that interceders for God. I.e., the book of Leviticus was the book for the Levite priests. These are, these are things that they had to follow to kind of honour the word of God. That's what that book is. If, that, if that's been a confusing book, that's what it is. It's basically an instruction manual for any priest to kind of go, this is what you have to follow. So priesthood, that's what that lineage was. Those who would kind of honour and carry that book, they would kind of follow it down, all the way down. And therefore, if people come to the temple, they would open up the book of Levi, they would look at the book of covenants, and kind of go, right, this is what we've got to honour and follow. They were the interceders for Christ. Similar to the worship team is our interceders to help us worship. They are not worshipping alone. It's not just them who worship, but they enable us to worship. That's the point of them, by the way. It's not a performance, but actually they enable us to worship, same as priesthoods. They were in the time enabling us to meet with God. Pre-Jesus. That was the idea of the priesthood. So how are we about it now? Well, when Jesus came, the blockade to go to Christ, to go to God, was fallen in, in a symbolic way. The curtain was literally torn from two, from top to bottom. So therefore, the blockade to God was demolished. And the fact that now we get to go to God any time of the day. In fact, the priesthood no longer was a little set. The priesthood became us. Because we could all come to God. That's what Hebrews says. Hebrews talks about it. Jesus being our great high priest, therefore he is the one that we can come to. But actually we get to be interceders of God. Hebrews 3. That's what that says. Okay, so priesthood, I can kind of get. It's not really what it was used, used to be in the past. Now we belong to that. You don't need to get to God through me being an elder. You get to God through yourself, through enjoying him, through Jesus, primarily. Get that. Make sense? Priesthood? No? Yeah? Good enough? Okay. Why royal? That one stumps me. That one I don't get. Royal priesthood. I'm not royal. Look at me. I'm wearing corgi with sunglasses on my t-shirt. I'm definitely not royal. Look how I speak. I'm not royal. I make mistakes. I'm vulnerable. I'm a failure at times. Like, I'm, I'm definitely not. If I look at the Queen and look at me, I'm kind of like, Queen's incredible. I'm definitely not royal. I'm a mess at times. 
But yet it says royal. Why does it say royal? Well, it could be because we are interceders with the high priest for Christ, who's the king of kings. I.e., I'm royal by position. I'm royal by office, so to speak. I'm speaking to the king of kings. So therefore, in the office that I am, I am in a royal priesthood because of the position that I play. It's probably not a bad understanding of it. And it would satisfy the kind of basic theology. But what about these then? What about these verses? Exodus 19, verse 6. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. Or Isaiah. You shall be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord. A royal... Oh no. I was going to run into this word. Diadem? Yes. Nice. I told you I'm not royal. A royal diadem in the hand of your God. Hold up now. This is not just talking about an office. This is talking about you are a precious jewel in the crown of God. You, you literally sit in the crown of God. You are precious in that way. Revelation even talks about this idea that we'll all enter into the throne of heaven belonging there. Belonging there, not just kind of as watchers or participants, you know, those kind of with popcorn just watching from, from the side. No, we, we belong in the throne room of heaven. We belong in the courts of the king. We belong in the presence of the saviour. So if we were just talking about office, I don't think these would fit in the same way. I, no, I don't think it's just royal office. I think actually it's a bit of a pun of royal priesthood. I think it has two meanings. I think yes, it means in terms of an office, but I also think that as we become royal because we are adopted by the high king, yeah. we become royal. Yeah. Your royal priesthood because of office but you're also a royal priesthood because of identity. Mm. Beloved family, you are royal. Yeah. The, the kids are making crowns. It's not just because we're celebrating the Queen today, but it's crowns to identify and symbolise crowns for themselves. Mm. God will give us a crown in heaven. I'm adopted by God the Heavenly Father, but I'm adopted by God the King. That makes me a prince. It makes me royal. I have royal blood running through my veins. Why? Because of Jesus. That's what he's done. Let me enjoy just one last quote from the Queen. 2012. Ten years ago. This is the time of year when we remember that God sent his only son to serve, not to be served. He restored love and service to the center in the person of Jesus, of our lives, in the person of Jesus Christ. I think this is the point that I came to the conclusion where I knew the Queen was actually talking about it in terms of her believing you. Because how she carried herself in stature, in responsibility, in all the things that she'd done, yes, there might be some tra traditional things that she had to do, but every word she said was calculated, every word that she speaks in those speeches, when she talks about Christ, is not from a place of something that you just read and understand a book, but from a place of understanding that she's not just the Queen because of being the Queen of England, but she's royal because she belongs to Christ. That's the difference.
I might not be in the, the courts of Buckingham Palace, but one day I'll be in the courts of heaven as a prince of the High King because I'm royal. A crown placed on my head because Jesus had a crown of thorns placed on his. That's the difference. We are part of the royal family. We get to live as part of the royal family. We get to serve as part of the royal family. Here's my second question. The first question was, how's your foundation? My second question is, do you recognize your part of the high king's royal family? And do you carry yourself in that way? One day, we'll get to be fully with our king, serving in his kingdom, but not as servants or laymen, but as crowned, adopted children belonging to the king. The glorious things, that doesn't start from the day that I died on this earth, it started the moment I gave my life to Christ. The crown was placed on my head. You just can't see it. The crown was placed on my head the moment I gave my life to Christ. And you can do that today. The jubilation for the king is not something that we just start um, just about this momentous occasion and celebrating the queen in England. But actually the moment we give our life to Christ, there is a greater celebration in heaven that we can possibly imagine as an orphan becomes a child, as someone who doesn't know their father gets to belong to their father again. Do you just want to stand with me? Is that okay? We'll stand. I'm going to give an opportunity. It's a really loving and gentle way, because that's what our Father does. And I want to ask you these two questions again, really. Um, where is your foundation? Is it a foundation that you found in life that rocks, that sways, that bows, that breaks? Remember, it's not about the castle that we build on, but it's what we build on top of. Yeah, winds come, windows shatter, these kind of things happen. But the foundation is what is vitally important compared to anything else. So first question, where's your foundation? Second question, do you belong to the high king? Do you carry yourself in that way? There is an opportunity right now where you can receive the crown from heaven and belong to Christ. It's not an easy road. That's the queen that has to act in identity. It's not about acts and not about works, but it's a change of identity. But what it is, is receiving the crown from heaven and saying, I belong to the high king forever. If you've never given your life to Christ, if you've never chosen him, I'm going to lead us through a very simple prayer. Sorry, thank you, please. Alpha helps us to do this very well which is starting again in September. But it's very simple. Sorry, Jesus, for what I've done. Thank you, Jesus, you gave me, gave me your life. Please help me, Holy Spirit, to live my life for, the rest, for you for the rest of my days. So, while we're all standing, if you want to shut your eyes, please feel free. And it just lead us in this prayer. And I'd love to speak to you at the end. If you make this prayer for the first time, I'd love to speak to you. Okay. Lord Jesus Christ, I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong in my life. Please forgive me. 
I now turn from everything that I know is wrong. Thank you that you died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you that you offer me forgiveness and the gift of your spirit. I now receive this gift. Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit to be with me now and forever as part of your royal family. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, then I would love to speak to you. If you prayed that prayer again, just as a recommitment, then I would love to speak to you, but we would love to also pray for you. So please come here, either from one of the words that Adam shared, the words of knowledge, or if you come here um, because you prayed that prayer for second, hundred, whatever time it might be, and you just want to receive prayer, the prayer team would love to speak to you. We're going to close the service there. Please stick around for some church lunch if you'd like to. Uh, we do need to kind of move the chairs and put tables. So as we are family, as we are family service, please help us. Uh, please do not let just a few of us get involved with that. Uh, but we love you. Have a great day. Have a great week. And we'll see you at the church lunch all next week. Be blessed. See you later.